Kia ora everyone, this is Anderson's Odyssey. I'm Jacob Anderson and my guest today is Pippa Lady Blake. Pippa's an artist and patron of Blake. Pippa, it's great to see you. Great to see you, Kira. And uh, here I am over in the UK and very much wishing that I was with all you guys in New Zealand. Yeah, how, how is it over there? I mean, it's still, it's still, for you guys, have you, have you been experiencing, um, I guess, the wildlife and, and the birds coming back into the gardens and the other things that we've been experiencing here? Yeah, well, I guess that's, what, that's one of the positives, is that certainly the, the, to not have all those planes flying overhead, very few cars on the road, um, has been amazing. I mean, the air really is clear. I mean, I live, I live near the sea, so definitely there's been far more um, wildlife out there. Uh, and and, you, and the, hearing the birds singing has really been amazing. But of course, now as we're beginning to ease out of um, lockdown, or I think we, we won't be out of full lockdown for a very long time, um, more cars on the road. And I'm, I'm very anxious now that yeah, well, not anxious, very interested and concerned to see what the pollution levels will be like. And let's hope we can just manage um, governments, be sensible and try and just keep that um, environment, you know, huge environmental concerns that have risen up, that we can keep those at bay. Let's hope. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating to watch how each country is responding and, and, and reacting and what, what one thing I was interested to talk to you about is um, you've done some work and you've called it uh, Utopia Dystopia, which uh, which was done a few years ago, but is kind of uh, fitting at the moment because we are seeing both um, some amazing positives happening as a reaction to this, but of course it is it is a global pandemic and something we haven't seen in a generation. What was the the motivation behind um, behind Utopia Dystopia? Well, that's actually the name that I came up with. Um, it was a, a theatre production and I was the artist in residence on it. I mean, I chose the play. The play was actually called Pitcairn. So it was about Pitcairn Island. It was about the bounty. It was about Fletcher Christian and the mutineers and them arriving at the island. Um, yeah, the, the bounty was set on fire and sunk. There was absolutely no escape. So there they were trapped on an island and they'd been to Tahiti and... Um, you know, found some women and uh, they were taking them off to lead this sort of supposedly idyllic life on Pitcairn Island, which of course is quite a hostile and rocky island. And uh, I guess in a way, a bit like Lord of the Flies, it seemingly was, this is amazing, we're going to have this wonderful adventure and we'll grow, we'll grow crops, we'll grow breadfruit. And, and the whole thing just fell apart because people people are people, humans are humans. And they, um, unfortunately, there were some uh, not so good guys and it ended up being really quite a, a bloodthirsty and uh, violent ending to quite a few of those people. It was a sort of tragic story, but, but, but you know, many of those people, let's face it, are still on that island. And uh, I don't know how much, uh, what it's like now, perhaps there are very few now, there've been some issues I know there, but it was a really fascinating play to work on and yeah, that whole utopia dystopian thing. And I've always been, I don't know what it is in my, uh, in my genes, but I've always been very interested in that whole um, idea of apocalypse, post-apocalypse and, uh, and how people 
meld together, work together or don't work together. And, and I guess in a way we, we're seeing it a bit now. I mean, wow, you know, look, look at the world and look, at what, look, look what's happening now. What, what, what do you think it is that um, inspires artists or intrigues artists about that kind of apocalyptic world um, story? I mean, you, you hear about it a lot in movies and in art and in music. What, what do you think that is? I think it's hard to put a finger on it, but it's, I think it's because it's such a, it's a very big idea, but it's also a very real idea. And I think as an artist or, or creative of any kind, you have that, I mean, you, your imagination can run riot. And it's, uh, I mean, artists throughout the ages have used that as a theme. And I think it's just because it's a, something very powerful about it. And, and the imagery too. Um, and and some, I love, I love nature. And I mean, I've, I've recently, actually not recently, I've read, you know, the, the Cormac McCarthy, The Road, which is, I mean, it's all pretty dismal, <laughs> dismal, but there's some amazing imagery. I think it's more to do with imagery for me, but, and also imagery and tragedy. I mean, they're, they're, it's sort of epic themes, I suppose. Yeah, that, that fragility, I think, for me, is probably one that, that stands out and then how people overcome that adversity. Um, and what's, what I'm seeing so interesting right now is all of the positives out of this and all of the new things that we can look forward to. And, and when you've been uh, traveling around the world, uh, sailing around the world, have, have you uh, have you seen some of those things yourself and has that kind of drawn some of that um, inspiration in, in some of your paintings? I don't think the dystopian side that I've I've seen um, because I haven't because I mean we've you know we've had many amazing adventures all around the world and and on the whole seen what beautiful places there are uh, and, and which is what Peter was so keen on at her you know, try and keep them beautiful, keep them, I mean, you know, they're, they're not just beautiful, but important. Um, I mean, when I was last sailing, doing long voyages, we were only just beginning to be aware of, you know, the huge damage can be done by, um, by pollution and, and plastics, the ocean. I mean, obviously we, 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 yeah, it was only just beginning to be awareness that you do not chuck stuff over the side. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking really about sort of 25, 30 years ago. And obviously, you know, the world has changed hugely since those, since those times. But people were, there were people who were, would go on ocean voyages and just dump, dump their rubbish over the side and think how tragic that was. I mean, that, that, that plastic is probably still there. Yeah, almost certainly still is, and probably will be for for hundreds of years more. Unfortunately, when you, you've sailed a lot around the world, um, did that did that start at a young age for you, or or where did that kind of um, where did that stem from? I suppose was that when you met Peter, or yes, I mean I, I grew up by the sea, so I, I'd always sailed, or I'd call it messing about in boats, and very uh, yeah, having fun and where I live is on an estuary and it's, it's very tidal, very muddy. So there were a lot of antics, you know, getting stuck in the mud and coming home late. And, uh, but it was, it was fun. It was, it was more social sailing and, and I did some racing as well. So it wasn't really until I, I met Peter. And at that stage I'd actually been at art school for four 
four years and I was in an art career in London. And when I met Peter and suddenly, you know, life hugely, hugely dramatically changed. And I found myself uh, basically, literally sort of flying off to join him. It was actually in the Caribbean then and, and racing and sailing and came back to the UK, got married and then, then did this epic voyage, which is my honeymoon sailing to New Zealand from the UK down through the Mediterranean, the Red Sea, across the Indian Ocean, um, to Perth and to Sydney and on to Auckland. But in, in, in those, you know, within that time, which was about three months, we encountered a cyclone in the Tasman Sea. We, we had to skirt round an island in, uh, at the bottom of the Red Sea called Socotra, where they self and condoned piracy, um, just going down through the um, Suez Canal, and not long that not that long before it'd been the six day six day war. So it was uh, some extraordinary things, and as well, I mean, perhaps a bit of, of the whole apocalyptic um, dystopian thing is from seeing the most amazing um, weather formations at sea. You know, huge, huge clouds or red skies, and very, very dramatic, very dramatic sights that you do see at sea out in the ocean. And and the and the thought always that there you are, a little a little tiny speck. I remember that actually in the middle of the Indian Ocean and I was the only person up on deck and this, the, the sunrise and the sea was sort of golden and black and big waves and I was just me on the helm and thinking, wow, yeah, I'm on the, it's me on the globe in the middle of this ocean and uh, you know, how small we are, but how vast, how vast the world and how amazing it was. So that's a particular time that I remember. So it's some amazing encounters of, I guess, the natural world at sea. That, that raw power of the ocean for me as well is something that when I think about um, the earth as a whole, there's nothing quite like being in a, in a small boat out in the kind of open ocean. Um, it, it really kind of emphasizes how sort of small and, and, and uh, vulnerable humans, humans can be. And, and this, this week I saw a, um, there's a new study that's come out actually and it was saying that uh, with a warming ocean, we're going to have uh, increased uh, waves in the Southern Ocean. So possibly, um, the, the, you know, they're going up incrementally, but, you know, waves are of the order of 25 meters in the middle of winter um, starting to, to kind of be recorded, which when you think about the size of a, a 25 meter wave, it, it, it can certainly, uh, even, even large vessels, Will really struggle with that kind of condition. Gosh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, when when we were, I mean, I do remember, you know, 30, 60 foot. I'm sorry, I'm just saying feet. Yeah, I remember, yeah, the 60 foot waves, and and, the, and this particular cyclone we were in between between um, Hobart, well, Tasmania, and coming back across the Tasman Sea was pretty phenomenal and um, amazing experience. And the power, yeah, you know, the, the power of the wind, the power of the sea, and it's it's a very humbling, humbling experience. A lot of your work has has focused on on the sea and the ocean. Have 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 those pieces been um, drawn from you seeing something, or or is it a, is it sort of a mood, or or do you take a photo, or what is that kind of creative process for you? Yeah, I use I use photographs a great deal in my work. Um, and in fact, the most recent body of work I did to do with the sea were really using images for my son James 
having done the Volvo race as an onboard reporter, but it's, but it, I mean, I'm not, the photograph is, is a tool. I mean, it's a, it's a sort of a, um, an, an add-on. And, and once you start working on the canvas, the sort of the, the photograph gets left behind. I mean, it's a reference point, but I very, very rarely would go back to that because then the power of um, expression, the physicality of the paint, uh, which is really my, uh, that's, that's, I'm a very gestural painter. I love to paint large scale and those, those sort of aspects take over once I'm working on the, working on the painting and, and you're not trying to in any way to um, copy the painting. I'm sorry, copy the photograph at all. It's all part of, um, it's sort of a, an inner expression of a, of a outer feeling or a, in a feeling of an outer expression and, and it, it, it comes out somehow on the canvas. And had you always wanted to, to paint since you were young? Was that something you were always doing or, or did you kind of think you were going to do something else or, or how did that kind of all evolve? Well, originally I really, really wanted to be either an archeologist or an anthropologist because those are my greatest interests when I was really quite young. But then uh, when I was at, my, well, my, for a start, my mother was a, was a potter. So we always were making things or creating things at home. And uh, at, when I got to, to school, to my secondary school, I mean, we always did, we always were doing art at home. And, but at my seg secondary school, that's where I really took off. And I realized that um, painting and drawing and observa you know, observation and looking at that stage were the things that I really, really were drawn to and ended up going from school, yeah, straight to art school in London, and that really kicked off. I wouldn't say it kicked off my, but the love had always been there, probably from about the age of, I suppose, 14, 15 is when I really became interested in, in art. And I mean, you don't, I don't think you particularly set out, I'm going to be an artist. It doesn't work that way, but it was something that naturally, naturally happened. One of the, uh, uh, you hear of these, in education, you hear these three kind of themes around uh, art, academics, and athletics. And often people, they, they gravitate towards sport um, or, or academics probably more so than art. But um, I think it's, for a lot of people, they learn differently and, and they want to express ideas differently or, or they uh, have a certain connection with one of those three topics more so than the other. And that, I think that gives a lot of people purpose and it gives a lot of people something to work on. Uh, and what's been interesting in lockdown is I've, you know, you've seen a lot of people that have started to paint again or they've started to, to pick up an instrument or, or do other things. Have you, um, have you been um, more productive or is that, has lockdown kind of distracted you in, in, in doing that or, or what's that been like for you? Well, initially, well, firstly, I think that those three A's sort of art and athletics and academics, academia, I think actually they, they all can interweave into each other. So obviously one might come out more than the other, but I think, I think because you're on one, it doesn't mean the others are lost. So but yeah, perhaps you will stick, you know, lean more towards one. But as far as lockdown goes, I think I thought initially, wow, this is going to be amazing. This is going to have all this time. I can't go out. I can't do this. I, um, I'll stay, I'll stay and, and paint. And I, I, 
haven't been able to use my normal studio so I've been working in a spare bedroom um, at uh, and put you know, plastic sheeting on the floor. You I'm don't want to get work. paint on the carpet, right? No, no, no. I haven't been able to use oil paint, which I love. I've been forced to use um, a medium, which I really, uh, really do not like um, acrylics. And I'm, I've stopped now using acrylics. I just do not like. And also, it's, it's environmentally not good. So, um, but actually, my initial thought that you could do a lot, make a lot of work, and now is the time, didn't quite work out like that because I think yeah you sort of get you get used to your routine your routine of, of how you work and suddenly all routine was out of the door you um although I've kept walking and you, you couldn't walk with a friend you um I run you couldn't run with a friend um so and, and also you had to spend quite a lot of time organizing your life because suddenly you couldn't go to the shops as you did before and uh more domestics than I'd been used to. So that whole thing of um, your routine of getting into your studio and working sort of didn't go. And also it was a strange thing of almost not having a, not having a purpose because the whole uncertainty of, you know, what's gonna happen, you know, how will life ever get back to how it was? Probably not, maybe, who knows? Um, yeah, that whole being very uncertain about life, I think hasn't been, um, great for for making work certainly not from my point of view I have I have made paintings I mean, I've got some work in a show now of um, called isolated observations of some work I, I have made but it was uh, it's, it's a it's a very it's a strange I, I just it's a strange time it's a strange time for all of us oh for sure you, you touched on that that overlap in um, arts academics and athletics and uh, what I mean, I think that's what Peter, in essence, was capturing with Blake Expeditions. He'd kind of taken this competitive sailing um, and adventure um, type idea um, from his professional experiences and into a a place to go to these environmental pulse points, uh, you know, scientifically important um, and sensitive parts of the world, the Antarctic, uh, the Amazon. Uh, and then also he wanted to tell those stories with uh, the documentaries and, and, and get people excited about these places and, and just show the beauty and the wonder of, of some of those environments. When you think back to um, before Blake Expeditions, what, what do you think Peter's kind of big idea was or, or what do you think he was really trying to achieve with, with the Blake Expeditions? I know, I mean, I very strongly remember about the second time I ever so went out with Peter that he totally captivated me by regaling me with stories of whales, dolphins, albatross, the aurora australis. And I, mean, I remember listening to him, uh, yeah, totally captivated by his stories. I mean, he, he witnessed all these um, wonders and that kind of carried on, although obviously he was doing very hard racing, racing around the world, uh, around the world nonstop, then into America's Cups. But underneath his, his real love, I would say, was for the ocean, was for wildlife. And suddenly, you know, he realized having come out the other side and uh, not wanting to carry on competitively that perhaps here was a chance to really... Uh, 
set off on a, on a new adventure. I mean, his whole life was about adventuring. I mean, I mean as, as a family, we had our own sailing boat, cruising boat. So every school holiday was, a, was an adventure somewhere. And we were incredibly lucky. I mean, my kids were incredibly lucky to have had that life growing up. It was fairly unusual, but it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful experiences that we all had and you know, will remain with us forever. But I think Peter had, I mean, he particularly loved children. He loved children and he loved animals. And he loved the elderly. I mean, put, put Peter around a dinner party table and he really was not normally very happy unless he was with a bunch of mates. And, you know, he was, uh, some people, you know, because of his height <laughs> and he had that sort of look, um, he was actually quite shy. So some of those great stories wouldn't come out, but it was only when you got him on your, on your own or he was with children. I mean, he just loved telling stories to children. So I just think he saw that as a way and got very excited about the prospect of Blake Expeditions and, 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 and the boat, you know, Seamaster, which was such a great uh, work boat. That, um, and, this, uh, and the whole idea of technology and new technology and, and, and satellites, uh, that he could see a whole way of passing on some of what he'd witnessed in his life and sailing around the oceans onto others. And um, that's really how it started. Just, just to think of his own passion for it and wanting to, wanting to share, share the stories. And he, I mean, he had some great stories, wonderful stories. One of the things when you look back at that footage, and I think it's it's so funny now seeing these enormous machines on the on the boat. When when nowadays you can do almost all of that stuff with a with an iPhone, but um, he you know he was he was a real pioneer. That you know many people were thinking you know why why have we got this radio on the boat or why have, uh, especially you know with the around the world races. Um, but but he, he wanted to really tell that story in a unique and, and kind of powerful way. And in a way, what we're seeing now with COVID, you know, 20 years later, is the need for those same stories is still as real as ever. Um, we still have so much work to do. We still um, are having the same conversations that, you know, Peter was trying to start uh, 20, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago. And, and uh, you know, has the world moved on in, in that aspect? Um, yes, I mean, there's huge, huge awareness now. But, you know, at government level, is anything really happening? Of course, of course, there are many great governments that, that are, but majority, I would say, aren't. I mean, they're, they're putting... Uh, their own economy growth first before that real awareness of, of what we are doing, you know, doing to the planet. And um, obviously it's fantastically highlight. I mean, there is great opportunity, you know, great opportunity at this very moment for that change to come up. You know, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, we're, we're all hopeful, but it just needs, it needs those leaders to put it into, into, into action. I feel. I mean, there's some great articles being written, great books being written, great documentaries being made, but it's it's yeah, it needs everyone to come together, you know, not keep themselves in their own in their own lockdown. <laughs> you know, uh, I think I think I think we are seeing. I mean, there is a lot of fantastic 
work happening all around the world and there is yeah. there are some real reasons for to be optimist optimistic and, and 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 positive about the future i think and and that's the way that we want to be able to tell these stories and say look if we protect these ocean spaces or we can um reduce uh the the pollution in the in the waterways or, or in the air then life is better than it was um so we're actually in a much better place i mean and, you know, peter said that you know good water good life uh, the, these things are very simple and when we show people that it can give them hope and and get excited about the future i think that's um that's a really positive thing um we, we are starting to see that um in sports now as you know sailing with purpose and the the ocean races and uh what what why do you think it's taken us this long? Do you think that's just the, the, the public kind of appetite for change is now so big that we're finally seeing that shift? Or yeah, but it's I, I think you know, it, it's taken COVID nineteen to, to has it taken COVID nineteen to to really heighten the awareness? And I'm I'm not I mean I'm a I'm a yeah an artist and a mum and uh, not a scientist or a uh, a fortune teller I don't know but it's it's um yeah I think it probably has I mean it's a wake-up call I mean everything that's going on in the world now right now I mean I mean not just climate change but the uh whole sort of horrific things going in the U.S. now and these big issues around racism um I mean yeah a revolution is needed <laughs> and, uh, and yeah and that's great out of that comes great hope because it means people are really really um wanting wanting things to change and so it just it just uh i'm not qualified to say how to make those things change but if enough people get together and and listen and then you know take action then you know i mean what great opportunities and and uh Obviously, it's great that you know, our, in our small way, Blake is uh, trying to make a difference, and uh, you know, huge, huge numbers of fantastic organisations around the world all out there wanting to make a difference. So, I just hope that now is now is the time. I mean, because if if, if now is not the time, uh, you know, in ten years' time, it, twenty years' time, it might be too late. So that's my rather dystopian view of life. <laughs> I, th I think I think no no one has to be an expert, and I think what COVID has shown me is that actually, this is about a public conversation, and it's mm -hmm. about everybody getting behind certain ideas or certain things around how we now want to live our life. And I think the appetite for change is now here, and I think people are now. Um, they've had time in lockdown to reflect and listen, and and now what's happened in America as well, it's it's opened opened up a lot of people's eyes to to listen and think and 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 try and understand how um, how uh, you know different people's lives are, are impacted differently, and and I think now is the time for this kind of this broader conversation. So I don't think it's about being an expert or, 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 or knowing all of the information, but I think it's about, you know, what, do, what do we want to do as a society? And I think actually, uh, 
what was 10 years of decision-making to try and reduce emissions has been fast-tracked to probably 12 or 18 months now because what we do in the next 12 and 18 months is ultimately going to determine what happens with uh, the next 10, yeah. 10 or uh, perhaps even 20 years. So there's a lot of now, a lot of really difficult things that have to happen in the next uh, year or two years. And if they don't, then uh, we're going to see even more uh, frustration. Uh, and and I think that's, um, it's a really kind of, strange moment in time, I think, for everyone to just kind of sit and, and reflect and try and understand, but then also um, agree on, on as a society, what future we want to choose and, and what world we want to live in. And what, what's, uh, what we're now doing with Blake and Blake stories is we're kind of, we're releasing these four statements, uh, climate change, marine biodiversity and, and fresh water. And, with those statements that, that they don't kind of cover all the, the wide ranging uh, environmental issues, but, but we think we've done a, a reasonable job at capturing, um, capturing the, the most important parts. And, and of course, this is a living, these are kind of living documents. So we're going to add to those as, as the, uh, as new issues and new and new ideas emerge. But one of the things that we're doing with those documents is we're, we're telling or, or we're sharing with people um, the action part. So often when we talk about these environmental issues, um, people might hear about them, but then they say, well, what can I do? I don't know what I can do. Um, and so the action part's really important. So with each of those issues, we have these uh, associated actions that individuals can do in their home or in their community, but then also what, um, what as, a, as a nation we need to do. And I think it's um it's written in a way that's really easily digestible so people can uh yeah that's that's fine i mean i'm not just listening to you there i mean another great thing that has come out of all of this is is that whole sense of community and people banding together who you know you keep hearing about streets and neighbors who've never spoken to each other have all come together so the fact so i think community is very important and passing on and, and i think stories Stories going going to communities and communities telling stories of what what they're doing is is you know, all those things are really really valuable. Absolutely, and, and I think that's that's a that's a great way to to finish the the podcast, Pippa. Thank you so much. It's it's been uh, it's always great to to talk to you. If if people want to to look you up and, and look up your your artwork, where can they find that? Um, well, I'm a, I'm a Confess, I'm a bit of an Instagrammer. So I'm on Instagram as Pippa Blake, and that's where I put most of my new work. And I, and I do have a website. Got to update it. I've got a website, um, which is pippablake.com. So that's quite easy to find. And um, I'm about to have a show, which was meant to open in uh, May, but it's going to happen in July now. So I've uh, done all the work. And so I'm working, working towards setting up the show with the gallery at the moment. So. So there's a, a, lot of, a lot of positives in life, personally and globally. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of, lot of sadness, but I think, you know, optimism is the way forward. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. Th thanks so much, Pippa. And thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, everyone.